sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Network. Oh, yeah. It's that time. Welcome in to Cover It with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM Channel 159, the Sports Grid or Radio Network. Over the course of the next hour, we're going to get to hang out with Adam Trigger talking NFL football. You know it's coming. I know it's coming. It is just around the corner, and it is time to break it all down. We're going to talk about his approach to the NFL, what he looks for when it comes to bet on or bet against teams. We're going to go through the eight NFL divisions, asking for opinions. We're going to talk about the future book. And maybe we'll do some quick hitters on the week one card if we have time. So we're going to get into some sharp and significant analysis of the NFL on this show before all said and done. But before Bradham comes on, I do want to talk, and I think it's an important thing to talk about at the very top of the show. What's the, uh, how do we call it, mental health during football season? slash responding to adversity. Okay. Uh, And it's something that we spent a lot of time talking about handicapping games. We spent a lot of time talking about searching for the best number and ways to get at the uh, positive expectation approach to betting on sports. One thing we probably don't talk about enough is keeping your brain straight. (laughs) Because there will be bad times. This doesn't matter who you are. There's going to be bad times this football season. You're going to have a bad weekend. You're going to have two bad weekends. How you respond to that is the key. And look, I've had a remarkable, a really good six-month run from the beginning of February. You know, uh, I was at 60% for a long while. Now I think it's 58% every play every day since February. You know, uh, up over 160% ROI for the clients. It's been really good. All right. But this last week, I couldn't do anything right. Bad beats, tough beats, wrong sides. And, of course, uh, when you're slumping, you can't win the coin flip games. They just don't seem to go your way in the latter stages. I had a terrible week. Didn't win a game for, uh, like, seven days, literally. I mean, I didn't put out a lot, but I did not win a game for a week. So if you're a decent capper and you go through a bad week or two, you cannot panic. You have to stay true to what you're doing. Yeah, you want to work a little harder. You want to cross those T's, you want to dot those I's, but it's not about, oh, I just had a bad week or I just had two bad weeks. I'm going to panic, I'm going to blow my bankroll, we're going to change everything up. No, okay? This football season, it's inevitable. You're going to have a bad week, all right? Probably more than one. I do. Everybody does. You don't win every week in this game. But the key is how you respond after the bad week. When you're able to focus, put it out of your way. Hey, you're allowed to be mad. You're allowed to be frustrated. But you have to be able to put it in the rearview mirror. You know, a handicapper is kind of like an NFL cornerback, right? No short-term memory whatsoever. Whatever happened yesterday, that was yesterday. What happens tomorrow is tomorrow. You know, the cornerback gets burned on a deep ball. Guess what? The next time he's out there, he's got to play it the maybe not the exact same way, but he's got to rely on his technique and do the things that he normally does. He can't change what he does in order to stop the deep ball, and it's the same story with a handicapper, all right? You do not want to let good or bad yesterday's results affect your thought process and your mentality 
today. Now, obviously, it's easier said than done. When you're running good, you feel good. You're walking around town. You're whistling. You're, you know, you're spending money. Uh, you're, it's there's a different mentality than when you're cold and struggling. But the base concept of we're going to do this when we win. We're going to do this when we lose. We're going to do it the exact same way every week, all football season. That's the mentality that turns a Joe into a pro. There's one other thing that's worth talking about, you know, that I really want to talk about here. All right. It's easy to go seven days, morning through night this time of year. It gets worse in September. October, November, when we get NFL and NBA and college hoops and NHL all coming back, they're brutal. Okay, absolutely brutal. There's something that is a big part of the process when it comes to football season. You know what that is for me? It's called a nap. It's called taking some time during the week to either get away from it all. And there are times that I go out for a hike. I like to get some fresh air. You know, I like to go up to Red Rock uh, here near Las Vegas. Mount Charleston's great. Or... I'm going to take that time and sleep. And usually Tuesdays a day, one or the other. You know, I've actually scheduled into my life Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday evening. You get some time. That's the Teddy time. So if I choose to sleep, if I choose to go out and walk in the woods, or when well, there's no woods out here, if I go choose to walk walk in the rocks, uh, there are trees uh, and, and brush, but there's a, I can't call it woods. Uh, but nonetheless, it's something that gets me away from sports, even just for an hour or two. Let's you refresh, let you clear your mind, and you come back, you're a new person. Flat out. This is busy, all right? There's stuff to do all day, every day. And I do this full time. Most of you out there don't do it full time. You have a real job of one sort or another, which means you're doing this in your spare time and you're watching games in your spare time. But you add it up, it's 100 hours a week, easy. I mean, easy, <laughs> you know, between your real job and the time you're spending capping and the time you're spending watching games, you got to take some time for yourself, whether it's sleeping, whether it's getting out and walking. Mental health is a key piece of the process. Responding to defeats by working harder is a key piece of the process. And that, in terms of a general overview, that's the best advice I can give you guys from someone that's been in Las Vegas for the last 25 football seasons. I'm looking for another good one this year. Adam Triggers coming up next when coverage continues right here on Sirius XM channel 159. The Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to Cover It with Teddy Covers, Sirius XM Channel 159. And, of course, uh, I've had him on a couple of times. I feel like I should have him on more. Uh, At Top Flight SI on Twitter, Adam Trigger, one of the young guns uh, over at WagerTalk.com. And I'm telling you, this guy uh, has been in real good form in MLB season, and I'm excited to hear uh, and interested to hear what he has to say about the upcoming NFL season. Adam Trigger, welcome to the program, my friend. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing I'm doing great, Teddy. I love talking football with you. I think we did this exact same uh, show last year, and, and I thought it went great. It was it was like my really the first sort of you know time I got on for the season uh, to talk NFL stuff, and it's kind of the same this year. I, I did a little bit of NFL, 
on our show, The Hustle, this past Wednesday, which we do on Wednesday nights on Wager Talk TV. But other than that, this is really the first time I'm, I'm sort of giving out some NFL 2022-23 insight. So looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun, and hopefully we'll give you guys some good info. Real quick, just right at the top, I talked uh, in my uh, open to the show about, you know, we spent so much time talking about handicapping. We spent so much time talking about searching for the best lines and all the different processes, how to break down Team A, how to break down Team T, B. We don't talk a lot, uh, I think as much as we need to, about the how it affects you as a person, <laughs> the ups and downs, the mental health aspect, especially during football season and really especially when it gets to October, November, and you've got NFL, college football, NHL, college hoops, NBA, every night, you know, you have action on Tuesday. I mean, it's, it doesn't end at that time of the year. When it comes to mental health during football season, do you set aside a specific time for yourself? And what do you do when you need a break? Because Lord knows we all need a break. At some point during the week, you got to take it. You have to schedule it in. If need be, what do you do, Andy? Or uh, uh, sorry, uh, Adam. <laughs> I know we we have two. We have a couple Andys at Wager Talk, so it gets confusing, right? We got McKinnis, we got Andy Lang. But um, anyway, for me, I go to I get to I make sure I get to the gym. And like for example, Teddy, I'll give you an example. Last night, probably took the worst uh, beat of my baseball season with the White Sox dropping a fly ball. Um, I just went to bed. Woke up this morning and I was just like ready to go. So there's, there, in my opinion, you've got to be able to. You're not going to last very long if you can't just like get over it quickly. You know what I mean? Like you can you can take like your little hour to complain or whatever, but you got to like be able to move on quick. And then me personally, I try to make sure I get to the gym. I, I feel like that's where I get out my negative energy. If I can get a workout in, I'm usually good. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's going to be different for everyone. Certainly, you don't want to feel burned out that's never a good thing uh, but for me I, I try to you know I try to get my workout in and then sometimes like last night after that loss I just go to bed I don't stay up you know watching games and stuff like that try to get a good night's sleep and go after it the next day sure sleep is absolutely key and and getting a good night's sleep or like I say like, I'm making up for sleep because I like to nap uh, like Tuesday that I schedule in a nap or a walk uh, on Tuesday afternoons and that's a, a big piece of my process because otherwise, all of a sudden, you know, it gets to mid-October. You haven't had a day off in two months, and you feel crazy. You know, you're not mentally where you need to be. You talk about the ability to reset. Some beats are brutal, all right? Some days are brutal. And you're allowed to be mad. You're allowed to be really mad. You're allowed to be frustrated. You're allowed to, you know, <laughs> those moments can and will happen. But... Mr. Trigger, you made it very clear, and I think your point is absolutely worth mentioning again. You're allowed to be mad. Hey, man, take 15 minutes, take a half hour, take five, whatever it takes. But you cannot let last night carry over into today or tomorrow or the next day or your process for the next week. And when you have that 0-5 NFL Sunday, because it's coming. It's coming for all of us. All right. Sunday night. You still got to do your work and, and, and stay true to your process um, in order to have success this football season, in my opinion. All right, enough with the lecturing. Let's talk NFL. And I want to, to start with a simple approach. You know, what's your approach to the NFL? What do you look for 
right now when it comes to, hey, I want to be betting on this team or, hey, I want to be betting against this team? Are there red flags? Are there green flags? Like, what do you look for here to sense this team is better or worse than the betting marketplace thinks they are? Yeah, Tony, so you kind of started it off where, where I would start it off. You know, having, having teams that, you know, you don't want to go into the season like married to playing on this team or fading this team, but you certainly want to have a handful of teams that you, you kind of have as targets because you're going to need some place to start. And that's really where the play on play against teams for me is more of a starting point. Now, the thing that I love about the NFL that really does not happen in any other sport is we have sports books that publish look ahead lines. Yeah. And very rarely, I don't, I find another sport with the exception of maybe like game of the year type college football where the books kind of tip their hand in terms of how they're going to book a game. Right? Like, I, I don't know that you can find it. I feel like it's a unique scenario. So my advice, if you're not, like, printing your, the look-ahead lines off every week and then sort of keeping them around as a reference for when they put the lines up the following week, you're, you're way behind at NFL. I think it's the most important thing that I do or anyone should be doing is, you know, going and getting the Westgate or, you know, there's other places that put them. I know the Westgate, I believe, was the, sort of the, the kind of started doing that. Yeah. Um, but the look, the look ahead lines are key, in my opinion, because the book is essentially going to tell you how they're going to shade the upcoming games. And, and it, you know, then really, you know, we always talk about this. The NFL, like, you're not, you're probably not going to beat the, their number, like it's going to be as sharp as it is in any other in any market because you know there's so much info on the NFL. The eyes are on the NFL. Uh, so what I like to do is gauge the you know look at the look ahead lines, try to sort of fill in the blanks of like what you know what just happened to maybe move them a little bit, but then also play off of, of overreactions to the public because I think that's where you're going to find your value. The, the so, so the look ahead lines. Kind of give you a, a, the look at lines. Kind of give you a uh, have the books tipping their cap on where every team is power rated to go into the season. But are, are you just saying so? If you see that, you're basically getting a market power rating for every team right. when you're looking at the future book. But how is that helping you identify which teams you want to be betting on or betting against? If the market value is wrong. Right. So, yeah, and that's a really good point. I, you know, you're not just going to look like – I'm not saying just look at the line, see where the deviation is, and, and then bet the biggest difference. I'm saying, uh, you know, I start – I can start there because, I, you know, those lines are published before the, the – before, before we're even making a ton of assumptions on that week. You know, we have those lines before the previous week's games are played. So it's like it, – it's really just something to put in your back pocket – for me personally, the biggest things I'm, I'm trying to play off of are like overreactions, meaning there's like a public overreaction or a group think here that I can find a reason to oppose um, is one thing. Or two, I like to kind of follow what I consider to be sharp, sharp money or respected money, if you will. Uh, and what I, you know, I'll kind of track that throughout the season. It doesn't necessarily, just because the side is quote unquote sharp one week does not mean I'm going to bet it. It also doesn't even mean I agree with it, but I certainly want to know where that money was going because two weeks down the road, uh, you know, if I'm if I'm like on the fence on the team and I can look and say, you know what, the Lions kind of took sharp money these last couple of weeks. It hasn't panned out. 
Uh, but maybe that signifies that there's some value here because I kind of like them this week. And, and John, you know, the, the look-ahead lines are such. Uh, those are all just things I look at to try to gauge, you know, what could potentially be a good bet. We're just getting started here with Adam Trigger. We're going to talk each of the eight NFL divisions, a bet on or a bet against. We're going to talk some future book. And, again, if we have time, we're going to get into that week one card, a couple of quick hitters. So plenty more to come. Please stay tuned. Cover It with Teddy Covers continues after this right here on SiriusXM Channel 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're on your TV. We're on your radio. And we're on your phone. Go to Twitter and give us a follow. At SportsGrid. At SportsGrid TV. At SportsGrid Radio. Stay on the grid everywhere you go. Again, at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid TV, at SportsGrid Radio. You can follow today's guest, Adam Trigger, at TopFlightSI on Twitter. And, of course, you can follow me at Teddy underscore covers. Adam, we have eight NFL divisions. I'm going to ask you for one opinion in each division. Let's go back and forth here a little bit. Let's get a bet on or a bet against and. Where should we start? Let's start in the AFC East. That's the good way to, you know, some reason we start in the East. Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets. We have a bet on or a bet against team out of this group. In terms of your initial thought process for the upcoming NFL season. Yeah, so Teddy, AFC East, I'm going to look to bet on the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I have a contact that's relatively close to this team, uh, so I feel like I get good intel when it comes to, to Dolphins football. Uh, and all, all I'm hearing is that, uh, you know, McDaniel is a, is a excellent hire, uh, pretty much rave reviews across the board and the defense has everyone back. And that's one area where it's the same defensive coordinator. Uh, it looks like Javon Holland's going to be a, an absolute superstar on the defensive side of the ball there. And, uh, Zach Silser, I don't know if I said that correctly, defensive tackle is, um, is standing out so far. Um, you know, the other thing I, I think Tua is going to take a step forward from what I'm hearing. He's playing with a ton of confidence. Uh, and Tyreek Hill has, has made essentially an immediate impact, impact for this team. So, you know, you look at the division, obviously the Bills are going to be the team to beat, one of the teams to beat in the league. The Patriots will still be sort of priced as a, you know, option number two most of the season, in my opinion. Uh, but I think maybe lost in the shuffle a little bit might be the Dolphins. Uh, I think they, they've – all I see is improvements here. Uh, and, and they've looked good in the preseason to the point where that joint practice with the Eagles, which would be last week at this point, uh, they – you know, and this is not the preseason game, but the practice they absolutely dominated. So I'm looking toward the Dolphins. If they stay healthy, I think this is a team that's going to cash some tickets this year. And, again, I'm not a conspiracy theorist guy. I'm really not. But it is worth noting that the NFL is in a $100 million lawsuit against Brian Flores, and it probably helps the NFL case if the Dolphins are better this year under a new head coach than they were uh, under their old head coach last year. So, um, again, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but that's definitely something worth remembering. Uh, could be worth a whole lot of money to the NFL to have the Dolphins be a little bit better than expected 
this season. Let's talk about the NFC East. Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, Commanders. Any one of these teams stand out to you as bet on or bet against coming right into the campaign? Yeah, I am. I really like the New York Giants in terms of a, a bet on, um, you know, against the, what the market is going to expect them to be. Uh, we'll start off. They're going to play, I would say, arguably the easiest schedule in the league, at least one of the easiest schedules in the league. And it's a team that really has been bad for a, a while now. Um, they've been one of the worst against you know ATS teams in football for the past yeah probably going on four or five years at this point. Um, so in my opinion, you know, being a Northeast sort of I'm in Giants country here in in New York for the most part, I really think they they can only go up. And I like Brian Dable, so I think you know he's gonna. I still think even though it's his first year as a head coach, I feel like he's an upgrade at the coaching position. And it's sort of now or never for Daniel Jones. And I've been a Daniel Jones defender all these years. Like I, I said, you know, I, I really think he's better uh, than what we've seen. And, and so I'm going to sort of roll the dice that this might be his year. Um, there's just I just think that they're going to be vastly underrated by the odds makers because of, you know, what's going on for a while now. They've just been a, a really bad team. And the schedule, especially their home games, are very manageable. So uh, I think the Giants are a team that I'll be looking to play on quite a bit this season. I just see them way undervalued. I've got a bet on the Giants over seven wins in my pocket. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And, of course, you bring up Danny Dimes. And, you know, this is a guy, he's a smart kid. All right, you know, a, a Duke graduate, Cutcliffe-trained and coached, and basically – you know, he's playing for what? I, I, my, my guesstimate is $100 million this year. You know, if, if Danny Dimes has a good year, he gets signed to the extension, he makes $100 bucks. If he has a mm-hmm. bad year, he's a career backup, and he's making $5 bucks. Smart guy. Yeah, and, um, and they've got plenty of skill players, Teddy. Like, he really no doesn't doubt. have much of an excuse. So, you know, I, I agree with you. It's, it's, it's this, this now or never for him. It's now. It feels like it's just got to be this year that they take a step forward. And, of course, the Giants... 5-0 and to the under in terms of their season wins over the last five years. And teams don't go under every year forever. <laughs> Eventually, the marketplace catches up. Now, the AFC North, with the division that you said you didn't have, of all the, the eight divisions in the NFL, this is the one that you were like, yeah, maybe, maybe not, uh, in terms of a strong opinion here. Do you have an opinion? Because if you don't, we can just move on I, to the I, NFC. No, I... So I definitely have opinion, you know, an opinion here. The problem is I kind of want to play against all of these teams for, for various reasons. <laughs> but my, my strongest opinion, I guess the only reason I kind of said that is I've got some people I respect to disagree with this. And that's always something I take into consideration. But I, I, the Ravens look like a team to fade to me. And, and, you know, and, I, and like I said, I, I know people that I respect greatly that have Ravens futures in their pocket and, and like this team. But I just can't get over – I've never really thought Lamar Jackson was a great quarterback. He's really not a great passer, and, he's, and, and his passing numbers have, have gotten worse over the last couple of years. You know, I, I look at the offensive line. It, it could be – it'll probably be a little bit better this year, but there was, a little, there was issues there last year. Of course, they trade Hollywood Brown away. So now I'm looking at the skill position, and, and I'm really not impressed with the, the wide receivers and the running backs uh, in this Ravens offense. Which makes me think, okay, 
you know, is, are they going to be able to just run all over everyone? And, and you know, at some point, he's going to need to – Jackson's going to need to make throws, or, or it's just not, not going to ha- – they're not going to be an elite team, but they're going to get priced like an elite team, and that's why I have them on sort of like my play against – you know, lift. They look at the defense. Uh, if they, you know, they, they should be better if they if they stay healthy. But that's been an issue. Average linebackers. I, you know, I, Teddy, I, I feel like they're getting priced like an 11-12 win team, and I think they're more like a 9-10 win team. So uh, I would say, say Ravens would be a team that's going to be a little bit overvalued, and I'm looking to see. I, I wouldn't argue with that. To be perfect, I mean. Uh, wh- one of the advantages of living in Vegas for 25 years, you meet a lot of people, <laughs> you know, yeah. especially when you do media gigs, you mean, you know, so I get a pretty good, like in my daily world, I get a pretty good cross section of pros and Joes. And I'm telling you, it's all pro Baltimore out there. All right. Here in Vegas, mm-hmm. it's all the Ravens are going to be, oh, big bounce back. Oh, look at all those games they lost by a missed two point conversion. And it's like, I could see the Ravens being good. I do not think. This is a great uh, football team, so uh, I'm with you on that. Let's talk NFC North real quick. We can get it in before the break, which we can. we got about three minutes here. Bears, Lions, Packers, Vikings. Is this one of these hard knock scenarios where Detroit is the team to bet on, where everyone's falling in love with the Lions and Dan Campbell? What do you think from the NFC North? Well, Teddy, the Lions are certainly trendy. But I don't know that I can disagree with it. But that's not where I'm going to go here. I'm just going to – I will just leave it out there that I don't necessarily disagree with, with the masses thinking the Lions are going to be better this year. What I do kind of disagree with, and I'm sure that no one's going to, going to like this take, I, I'm seeing everyone just, just chalk – like the Bears are going to not win a game or they're going to win one game or they're going to – it's like the under whatever wins is free money. But, I, I, you know, again, we're talking about betting on teams against the spread. And I'm looking at the Bears' schedule, and these games, the, the majority of them are more manageable than I think, you know, it, it's like they should be a little bit more competitive than the market suggests. You know, they're going to play the Jets, the Falcons, Texans, uh, Commanders, Giants. And then I go inside the, the division, they'll get the Lions twice, which I don't know that I trust the Lions to beat them more than, than once. The Vikings are probably going to take a step back. And I don't love love the Packers this year as much as everyone else seems to. So the Packers would have been my play against team in this division. But the Bears are a team that I think they're going to be always going to be getting a ton of points probably. And there are some redeeming qualities on the defense here. So you might be catching like big-time points with the Bears each week. They're a little bit of a mess on paper. But I think they're going to play hard, and, and they may surprise some people at least early on if they can stay healthy. This could be a team where if, they, if, they, if the injuries start to pile up, it could be a disaster. But I think they're going to be slightly more competitive than they're getting credit for. Yeah, so, I mean, when you talk about teams like Chicago, teams that come into the season with no hype whatsoever, with a first-year, first-time head coach, a lot of times the coaching change is always a, is a positive. You know, they right. were not buying in <laughs> to what was being sold to them uh, for extended stretches last season. And when it comes to this season with a first-year, first-time head coach, you expect them at least to buy in a little bit more, whether that results in victories or not. I'm not convinced the Bears are going to win a whole lot of games this year. But if they're a team like, let's say, in the Lions in the same division last year, a team that all they did all year was play hard and cover point spreads, 
even though they weren't mm-hmm. winning games in straight up fashion, when you find when you can isolate a bottom feeder that is gonna stay competitive, those can be bet on teams all year long, even if they lose week after week after week in straight up fashion. We've got much more with Adam Trigger coming up after the break. We're gonna talk the remaining four NFL divisions, take a little look at the future book, and maybe a glance at a couple of week one games as well. Stay tuned. Cover it with Teddy Covers continues after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Teddy Covers here with Adam Trigger. Sirius XM Channel 159, the SportsGrid Radio Network, and we are talking NFL previews, NFL futures, NFL bet on and bet against. We're going through division by division with Mr. Trigger at Top Flight SI on Twitter. And we've gone through half of them. Let's get to the other half. Adam, AFC South, Texans, Colts, Jaguars, Titans. I want to bet against all four of these teams. I want to bet on the divisions that are playing the AFC South this year. I see nothing to like in the AFC South. What about you? Um, I think the Colts have an outside shot to be good. Like, but, but if we're talking about a team I'd really like to bet, it, my strongest take here is the Titans are going to be bad. Like, they would be the team I'm going to bet, uh, bet against. I just don't think Brian Tannehill is the guy. And without Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, like if he doesn't have weapons, I just don't see where the offense comes from. I think my hot take here would be Malik Willis will be under center sooner than later um, for, you know, just for this team, uh, which could end up having a a really poor season, in my opinion. Uh, Derrick Henry, the workload just continues to pile up. Um, The Titans, they're probably worse on the offensive line. Uh, You know, Taylor Lewin's always hurt. So, you know, with Derrick Henry, with Henry potentially a foot injury last year, he's he's back. But you start to look at the fact that he was injured, his workload. Tannehill, I don't I don't know that I buy him being just a great quarterback at this point and a tough schedule. Okay, I don't know if I can. I don't know that the Titans are going to be have a winning record this year, but they'll certainly be priced like the team that's supposed to win that division. So I would say the Titans might be a good fit. Yeah, of course. I mean, Tennessee's been to the playoffs four times in the last five years. They won a playoff game twice uh, during that span. So you are talking about a team that is being priced like they're going to be pretty good. If Malik Willis is quarterbacking the Titans at any point this season, they are not likely to be going over their season win total. Let's talk about the NFC South. Falcons, Panthers, Saints, and Buccaneers. It's an interesting division. Who do you like or dislike out of the NFC South? You know, Teddy, you're right. This is an interesting division because this is a division almost the opposite where I'm finding redeeming qualities to play on all of these teams. Um, you know, I I think the Saints and Bucks will be priced accordingly, but the Panthers are, are probably going to be a little bit better. And, and I think I don't I think while the Falcons are probably the, the bottom feeder, this goes back to the last segment where we talked about a team that might just be just, you know, they're going to lose a bunch of games, but all of a sudden you're going to start being able to get a ton of points with them, and they might actually be a decent bet against the spread. It's kind of what I look at with the Falcons. Um, you know, I just think they're starting over. 
Nothing is expected from them. Uh, you've got Mariota at, at quarterback who can make plays, and he's got one of the best tight ends in the league in Kyle Pitts. Um, they're going to be big dogs early on because their schedule's tough. And, you know, Young White Koo is like one of the better tickers in the league at this point. Very accurate. He's going to steal points in, in that regard. So just based on the fact, you know, they, they feel like the Oakland A's to me, Teddy, where they're going to come into the season and they're supposed to be the worst team. And at some point, they have no depth, so they might be the worst team. But early on, while everyone's healthy, you might get an effort from them in the early going, and they might, they might be decent against the number. That's kind of my big take here in the South, is that the Falcons might cover some big numbers early. And Arthur Smith's a bright guy. Every quote coming out of that locker room is positive, you know, mm-hmm. which was not necessarily the case uh, last year. I think chemistry-wise, the Falcons are a lot better now than they were a season ago, although... You talked about the depth issues. If that team has any injuries whatsoever, it's likely to be a long season in Atlanta. Let's go out to the AFC West, where based on this season's win totals, the markets are calling this the best division in the NFL. Broncos, Chiefs, Raiders, and Chargers. Give me a bet on or a bet against out of this quartet. I love the Raiders, Teddy. Uh, I think that they're one of the most undervalued teams in the league, and especially when you start talking about them within their division. Of course, they've got to go up against Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, the first two many are, are putting in the Super Bowl already. Um, what I, and I won't get into whether I agree with that or not, but you look back at last season, I mean, in spite of the whole John Gruden and Henry Ruggs saga, they get to the playoffs. I said for years I thought there. I think uh, Carr is a is a Super Bowl caliber quarterback, someone that could win a championship. Now you give him Devontae Adams. Darren Waller is probably the best best in the league at his position. I think you could almost get, kind of say that easily now with Travis Kelsey getting up there in age a little bit. I certainly would take him, you know, for over any other tight end in the league. And then they bring in Chandler Jones. Uh, they bring in Yasin from the from the Colts should help the secondary. You've got Jones and Crosby on the on the defensive line. Um, you know Daniel Carlson doesn't miss field goals anymore. So and in, 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 in the division, you're still getting. You know they're going to be undervalued because the Chiefs are still going to be picked up there at the top, and, and everyone's in love with Justin Herbert. And then of course the Broncos make moves in the off season. So uh, I just I, I think the Raiders will be a great bet on team. I wouldn't even be that surprised if they just came out of nowhere and won this. I don't even think it's coming out of nowhere, but they could win this division, and I wouldn't be all that surprised. So here's when we finally get to disagree. Uh, you know, I'm kind of with you on just about everything. Not this one, though. Because the Raiders have all kinds of star power. I'm with you. But that team has no depth anywhere. And their offensive line, to me, is as spotty as it gets. And you can have all these stars. They spent the whole offseason blowing up their salary cap to bring in the stars. I get it. That's not where championship won. Championship won with depth, and they're one in the trenches, and the Raiders' offensive line stinks. And if they get injuries to any of their key guys, they will be the last-place team in the AFC West. So interesting debate uh, between Adam and I about the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, um, they have, there's some potential there, but I don't see the Raiders as being uh, uh, division winners or even close. Care to rebut me? Or should we move on to the NFC West? Uh, no, I, the last thing I'll say is if, I wouldn't be that surprised if the Chiefs finished last in this division. I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, I think they could be the fade. I now that is a that bold statement, my friend. Uh, they, they, there's issues there. and But the thing is, Teddy, all these teams are pretty good. It's, it's going to be the most fun division to watch, in my opinion. 
I, I think they're top to bottom. This will be the most fun division to watch this year. Last year, the most competitive division, competitive division was the NFC West with the Cardinals, Rams, 49ers, and Seahawks. This year, at least a couple of those teams have some real question marks. Seattle, uh, not what they were expected to be last year and not expected to be a good team this year. The 49ers uh, looked at their starting Trey Lance at QB. Questions there. The Cardinals, after back-to-back December meltdowns over the last two years, there's questions there. And, and the Rams have a Super Bowl hangover. Talk to me about the NFC West. Are any one of these teams you want to be betting on or betting against as your first thought process coming into the campaign? Um, I, you know, I like the 49ers. I, I know that there's, you know, they, they have some question marks, but like if Trey Lance, to me, if Trey Lance pans out, they could, they could be in the mix in the NFC, like potentially to get to the Super Bowl. I think, you know, you got to remember too, last year the 49ers did what they did in spite of a ton of injuries. I mean, the defense was, was battered all year, and you know, they have an excellent linebacking core. I, outside of Bosa, they don't you know, generate a ton of pass rush, but that's, I, I can live with that, I guess. Um, you know, here it's just going to come down to Lance, and that's why I kind of have them as a play on team because I feel like because he's the quarterback, they're not going to get priced as an elite option, but their offensive line is, is amazing. And, you know, depending on, you know, Debo Samuels, one of, one of the best players at any position in the NFL, they also have weapons. Ayuk's kind of emerging as a, as a top wide receiver. So, for me, I, I think there, there could be value here with the 49ers, especially because you still have, like, so I, I think the Cardinals could be a disaster, but they still get, they're still going to get some love for being the Cardinals, in my opinion. Um, the, the Seahawks are not going to be very good. And, and you mentioned like a potential Super Bowl hangover for the Rams, although I don't know that I, I think the Rams will probably be in the mix again this year as well. But I like this 49ers team. It's all going to depend on Lance. But if, if they can, if, if Shanahan can come up aces with, with, with Lance here, I think the 49ers could be really, really good. And if Shanahan comes up aces with Trey Lance, he could well be NFL Coach of the Year if you're looking for a long shot bet. That has a chance to cash. That might be one to look at. Um, let's talk future book for just a minute. You know, anything. And give. Well, now's a good time to give our audience a bettable opinion about anything we talked about. Whatever you're looking at, whether it's a win total, whether it's an odds to win a division, whether it's odds to make the playoffs or miss the playoffs. What stands out to you? Give the folks out there one wager that you have in your pocket uh, that you are willing to share. Sure. So I'll give two, but I'm going to go into one. I just wanted to, to note that earlier you said you had Giants season win total over in your pocket. I do as well. Uh, I took over seven wins with the Giants. As far as a good future bet, Teddy, I took the Bills to win the Super Bowl. Uh, and Kelly Stewart just about had a heart attack when I gave this out on our, on our show the other day. But really, I mean, you know, Plus 650, I get it. It's not my normal style because it's kind of one of the odds-on favorites. But it, the Bills just fit the, the sort of recipe for a team I look to win a championship, right? Like, they've come close a couple years in a row. You go back in the history. The Broncos, you know, came close in 2014. They win it in 2016. You have multiple instances in college of Clemson coming close and then getting over the hump against Alabama. Georgia did the same thing. Um, the, the Rams came close, and then they win it last year. The Chiefs lost in an AFC championship game and then got to the Super Bowl and won. So the Bills, you know, 
AFC Champions two years ago, or AFC Championship game two years ago. Last year, 13 seconds away from being, beating the Chiefs, they very well may end up in the Super Bowl with that. If they, you know, win that game, if they win that coin toss, Josh Allen, he's one of the best quarterbacks. He's arguably the best quarterback in the league. Uh, completion percentage in the fourth quarter and overtime, 70.8%, a 149 passer rating in the playoffs. You know, I don't love, like, I don't think Von Miller is the guy that he probably, like, was years ago, but I think he's a good signing just for, in, in terms of a leader on that defense, a defense which is really good. Um, so plus 650, I'll be shocked if the Bills are, are not at least one of the four teams standing on championship Sunday, and then maybe you can get out of it if you want. But I, I think the Bills to, to win the Super Bowl is a, a solid bet this year. And the one thing that has really stood out to me watching Buffalo in the preseason, the Bills have depth. Yes, More than do. most yep. teams, Buffalo is going to be able to withstand injuries this season. That certainly mm-hmm. makes them live to cash a Super Bowl or an AFC ticket later in the season. My biggest concern about the Bills, or one of my concerns about the Bills, look at their schedule from last year. Based on my numbers, they placed the single easiest schedule in the NFL last year. Based on my power rating on the week, the, the, their opponent's powering number, the week the game was played. So that's my concern about Buffalo, but that's an internal concern. Certainly on paper, the Bills rank with the elites. Adam Trigger, great stuff, my friend. I'm sorry we didn't have time to break down any week one games. We'll save that for next week's show because we had a week in between <laughs> the NFL. Real quick, uh, talk about the Hustle podcast and what you have going on right now. Yeah, the Hustle the hustle show is great. We're in our second year. Uh, we, ha- we have a blast doing it. It's uh, myself, Kelly Stewart, uh, Drew Martin, and our friend Chris Thurston. Uh, Drew and I, you can find at Wager Talk. Kelly, you can find everywhere, basically. Uh, we're on Wager Talk TV at 6 p.m. on Wednesday nights, and, and it's kind of a more fun version of the of the sports betting show where we just kind of hang out, give out our best talk games and, and some other stuff. So check that out, and obviously you can find me on Wager Talk seven days a week, basically. Um, Wager Talk TV. Great right stuff. WagerTalk.com. From Adam Trigger. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're here in the home stretch of Cover It with Teddy Cover, Series XM, Channel 159. Listen, if you missed any portion of today's program. If you want to go back and listen to yesterday's show, talking college football with Andy Isco, or last week's shows, or last month's shows, or any show I've ever done, it's real simple. This is available right now. This show, podcast version, just download it, consume at your convenience. Go to anywhere where you download podcasts, all the major podcasts, all the minor podcasts, I'll just search, cover it with Teddy Covers, and it'll be right there for you to consume when you want, re-listen, etc., etc. So, I encourage you to check that out. It is worth a podcast download, and thank you for all of you out there who've been downloading this podcast regularly all year long, and last year, and the year before that. We appreciate it very much. So, I want to give you guys a bettable opinion for today's NFL and this is one of those stories. When I started recording the show, the line was four and a half. 
And since I started, <laughs> the fives are, four and a halfs are gone. The fives are gone. It's mostly five and a half out there right now with the Steelers and the Lions. The good news is that five is not the keyest of the key numbers in the NFL, even in the two-point era, two-point conversion era. Nonetheless, when you don't get the best of the number, a wager like this will be an action size wager, not a step-it-up size wager. But look, the Steelers and the Lions, 4.30 Eastern, 1.30 Pacific, TV game. Look, Detroit got their win last week. They're not going to be playing golf. Pittsburgh's second and third string defense is very, very real. And oh, by the way, that Trubisky-Rudolph-Pickett-QB combination, which I do expect to see again this week for the Steelers, is a type of QB combo you can realistically lay points with in the preseason. I say Pittsburgh wins by a TD or more. Lay it with the Steelers. There's your bettable opinion for Sunday. Hey, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to hang out with us here. We'll do it again next week between now and then. Enjoy the games and good luck.